It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Once again, from Las Vegas at the NBA Summer League, I'm here, John Corrales, with Sam Jam Packard. And while Jay King writes 20 different stories about what happened today at Summer League, the one, the only, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer stepping up and filling in. Welcome. What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Thank you for Thank being you. here, Thank KOC. You. I haven't seen you in a while. It's great to see you. Uh, it's fun. good to see you today, Sam. Yeah, this is great. This is a lot of fun. So we'll get into a lot of Celtic stuff. There, you know, Brad Stevens out there talking about a few things and get now. I guess the national perspective. You're you're a national guy now. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Celtics are looking good, John. They're looking really good. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be thirty-seven. Whoo. That yeah. We're gonna we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, we are brought to you today by our good friends at Boston Paintball. Go to bostonpaintball.com, and you'll get a promo code later. If you haven't gotten it already, I'll give it to you again later on for a little discount. It's a great time to go out and play some paintball. Also by our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the easy way to buy tickets to anything you want, even out in Las Vegas. They got tickets to everything. So uh, more on that in a minute. Let's just dive into it. Today, the Celtics kind of wrapped up what the summer league regular season is that uh how yes would... they start tournament play tomorrow they finish out three and oh they should be in the top seed they had a thrilling thrilling victory over the philadelphia 76ers summer league team uh it was actually kind of close there at the end but jason tatum again showed that he is an elite scorer he didn't have as many points as uh, he has in earlier games but made some difficult shots and i was really impressed today this is the first time i really got a good chance to see him um in person, we were me and John were sitting right behind the Celtics bench, so we got a good view of him. And his ability to drive closeouts uh, was really something that stood out to me, especially. And that's something that he did well uh, at the end of the game. Um, he's just going to be a great scorer. And I feel I know we've been saying this for throughout all of summer league, but again, seeing it that like up close and personal. It, he's the type of guy whose game he feels like directly is going to translate. There's some other guys we were actually talking about this when we were watching Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz. 
it's uh, it was unclear to us how much his game's going to translate just because he's so much more athletic and fast than the players he's playing against now in summer league, and it how much is it that just has athletic advantage and how much of it is just uh, better skill. Tatum, it feels like he has this kind of the skill and the footwork that no matter what, it's going to be there. My favorite play from Tatum, first half, I forget who he scored on. I forget who the defender was. But when he did that, like, kind of lulled the defender to sleep, and then he did the quick crossover to the right, pulled up for the jumper, nasty. Yeah. And so, like, for him, it's like, sure, right now, like, most of those shots are coming from mid-range. Um, but the thing is, is he's extended his range every single year of his life. And soon enough, he's going to be doing those crossover dribbles into a three-pointer. And that's when he potentially becomes that 25-point-per-game guy. At the least, like, doesn't it feel like he's like a, a Rudy Gay type at worst? I, I think at worst, that's what he is. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. Uh, I, I mean, I know you're, you've been big on Tatum. Like, Tatum is your boy. I am you're... really high on Tatum. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so he's, he's definitely been impressive. And the one thing we've been trying to talk about is – the uh, what translates what translates in, in in the nba versus a summer league what the things that he does the way the way tatum plays he is uh he is getting shots off that he'll get off in the nba we've talked about this in the show before and the the thing about other guys with that athleticism when you play against nba level competition they'll be sliding in front of you they'll be drawing charges so it's, it's exciting to see things like from him. And we're talking a little bit about Dennis Smith before we started the show. Things that these guys who are, are playing well that they'll be able to do in the NBA. So as opposed to somebody like Jalen Brown, who I think is still building and still trying to figure out his NBA game. Offensively. Offensively, yeah. I think a guy like Tatum can come in and – contribute right like he'll hit those fadeaways my, my only fear is that he's not strong enough to hold his position so these these shots that he's getting here in summer league on the block a stronger defender will push him out of his comfort zone so he'll he'll be taking some some uncomfortably long shots on that fadeaway but until until that catches up I, I think he can still get some pretty good shots off I, I think with Tatum like Depending on what lineup he's on the floor with, you can use him for different things. So, like, if he obviously yeah, he's not going to be starting, I don't think, to begin the season. So, coming off the bench at the start of the season, maybe he can become your your kind of spark plug off the bench. Usually, the the spark plug might be a guard, but Tatum could be effectively that spark plug off the bench early on. But when he's playing with the starters, he can ease into that spot up three point shooting role, and I think Tatum can do that perfectly fine. I think. His range is better um, from the corner, more so than above the break. He still needs to get better from there. But he had that nice three from, I think, the, the, the right wing. Um, and his form isn't isn't the most beautiful thing. His but shot, it's effective. It's perplexing it's, how it's it effective. keeps going in. Not all guys like have picture-perfect picture form. And, and the thing with him is, like, his touch, his touch is just so good. On floaters, those mid-range jumpers from the free throw line, he's like an 85% free throw shooter. That's where I think like I have such confidence that eventually the three is going to come. And that's the thing is that it's amazing that he's coming in to this Celtics team because you imagine um, he's going to play a lot with Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward, and those guys are going to command a lot of the attention for the defense. So like you said, he could just be a spot-up guy in a corner, and if – like I mentioned at the top of the show, his ability to get to the rim yeah. in like two steps from the three-point line and attack yeah. on a, just the closeout is, 
I think he's going to be really impressive. And I think he's going to get more minutes the, this year than Jalen Brown did last year. Because Jalen Brown's main thing, he was he's this raw athlete and he is very good on defense. But Brad would yank him if he made the defensive mistakes. With Tatum, it's like you, you're it feels like you live with the defensive mistakes more just because he has that ability on offense. Because he's going to give you he's going to give you those buckets that Jalen Brown wasn't ready to give last year. Is he better than Jalen Brown right now? That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sold on his well his defense. I think he okay. he's been fouling a little bit too much yeah. in summer league. He had like five fouls today. He had five fouls today. I think he get he can get moved off. It's hard because one I think one's the super defensive wing and one's the super offensive wing. Is yeah. like if you can combine them, mad scientist style right. into one like super player. It's hard to say. I've I've had that question too though. Would the Celtics would the Celtics do that if they could combine Tatum and Brown? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think you would, There's right? There's no doubt in my I mind. I think you would. It's like Danny say Danny Ainge said like after like exit interview, like we need more great players, not good players. So like you would you would consolidate them. <laughs> if they, if, they, if the technology existed for them to kind of put both players into some sort of chamber and Mike Zarin like, has looked into this, I guarantee <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's some there's some high end like uh, CIA machinery. Yes. Uh, the, the only question is, would that combined would that combine their salaries for the cap hit? Or you know, you'd have to uh, have yeah. the would the player that, that was. Yeah. You'd have to have the other player who was the worst qualities of them combined, and you'd have to keep him on the roster per the per the CBA. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> that was the nerdiest fantasy follow up question ever. It's That's, it's it's an interesting thought though. Yeah, I mean, if you actually could do that, that actually. It shows where our minds are. My my immediate thought was, well, how does it affect the salary cap? <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy melding of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I'm thinking about the goddamn cap hit. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Um, Let's talk about another um, man-made of science, a freak of nature, and Shemi Ojale. <laughs> I didn't realize how huge he was. He's like, a beast. So I seen him, like, we were five feet away from him. He was. He's huge. He's a big dude. I, I, I tweeted out, I said, I want to manage a tag team with Shemi Ojale and Gershon Yabusele. I want people, use the hashtag Rain and Jays to give me a good tag team name for those guys because I, I think those guys would dominate and take, the, take home the WWE tag team title. That's a lot of beef. I mean, I, 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 I've never thought about those two like in, next to each other. Now that you've mentioned it, like Yabusele and Ojale, is, like, is there like a big wwe pairing like that in the nba right now just no. two super muscular thick guys like that i can't think of one both like six what how, how tall is ojale he's like six 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 seven six seven i think six Maybe, seven yeah is there anybody even as big as either of them no like muscle wise no like in all the summer league games i've watched there's no one just like as I think so huge as either of those two it's really kind of disappointing like that gershon's not on the floor right now i know i know it'd but, be exciting to see him the good thing, going back to salary cap talk, I think we can get both of them on the roster this year because of, because of the Avery Bradley trade and, and all the subsequent moves. I think they have now the space to to give Ojale a spot. And Brad Stevens today, after the game, said flat out the um, he thinks that Ojale is versatile enough as a defender that he could roll him out right now. I think so, too. And guard, yeah. not just roll him out right now, roll him out right now and guard fives. Yeah, right. It's Which, a very Draymond type of usage for him. And Yabusele in that way, too. Yeah. Right? I, I think Ojale might be a little bit ahead defensively, ahead of Yabusele, but, I mean, both of those dudes, super versatile. It's big. I mean, you just throw them one after another. You basically got, yeah. at the very least, you got 12 very good hard fouls 
to get, to get out of those guys. And that's the thing with this, this Celtics roster is that if you have players like that who can guard the fight, because at the five, the Celtics right now are very thin with Aaron Baines, um, Ante Zizic, who we'll, we'll get to later, but you're going to need someone who can defend that position, can be physical, can get rebounds, and to have two young guys on the roster who we don't know at this point what they're going to turn into, uh, but to have just you, you want to have as many kind of cracks at it as possible. And so having both those guys on the roster is definitely a, a plus for the Celtics. It's exciting to have they have these this, this core of the main four guys um, and then just all these young players, and it's exciting to see how they develop and who knows which players are really going to put it together because – Clearly not all of them are. That's just how the NBA works. But having this many kind of cracks at it is great for the Celtics who have done. I feel like they're pretty good in the player development scheme so far. You, We've seen Avery Bradley. Uh, he got better every single year of his career. Um, of course, a lot of it depends on the player. But the Celtics have done a good job of developing talent. So it's it, it's I'm excited for the youth movement while still being able to win 50 games. It's a wild place to be in. I mean, <laughs> I mean think, like, look at the, like the bench lineup: like Zizic, Yabusele, Brown, Tatum, Rozier, and then like smart, like six guys, you know, that could potentially come off the bench that some other teams would love to have starting for their team. Right, like, these young, talented players that that could be really, really good for a really long time. It's all, so unique. Of all of them, what Marcus Smart is the oldest, right? Yeah, like twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's insane. Crazy. And then you, we're talking about that, and you've still got your starting lineup of three all-star players and Jay Crowder, and you got Marcus Morris coming off the bench. I mean, it's everything has broken right for Danny H. There's just no doubt about it. Everything is broken right. See, I've heard that he got a C for this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a, a widely read publication gave him a, a C for the offseason that I – I mean – I. Let me, you, you want me to tell you what you can do with that publication? <laughs> you put it up on a target and you shoot paintballs at it is what you do. Oh, the king of the transition. There you go. The uh, And you could do that at Boston Paintball. I'm sure the Celtics fans who run and operate Boston Paintball would let you do that because they have been in business since 1992 in the shadow of the old Boston Garden. These guys know what this is all about. They know Celtics fandom, and they also know paintball. And they've got three choices for you at in Chelsea, where they've got indoor night play, in Maynard, where they've got outdoor competition in woods ball, woods ball fields, and the, I'm, I'm still dying to go to the 23-building apocalyptic cityscape in Ashland that has the hospital, the airplane, and Army Deuce. I want to take Yabusele and, and uh, Ojale and have them like I feel like if anybody could even do like hand to hand combat in paintball it'd be those two guys like they just grab a handful of paintballs and throw them at you uh, combat so, muscles both of them have combat muscles they definitely do <laughs> people, they would make people submit in paintball go to bossandpaintball.com and you'll get a video tour of each of those facilities so you can figure out which location you want to visit first but you got to make sure you check them all out and then while you're on bossandpaintball.com use the coupon code GREEN to get $50 off a group package. So, bossandpaintball.com, coupon code GREEN, to get $50 off a group package. And then when you're done, you can get... I, I love the gnat sound of the, the Did beer. Did you pick okay. that up? Completely picked that up. Nice. While you're there and you want to wipe your paint off of your, uh, off of your body, you can use the tattered remains of the Sports Illustrated <laughs> uh, grading. Print it out and just... Because they gave... Danny Ainge a C 
for his offseason. And basically the big thing was they didn't get Paul George. Like, so he didn't get two superstars. He got one star. And, and it had the balls to pull off that trade to go down from one to three, pick up a future asset, maybe set himself up to get two top five picks next year, and, and still get Jason Tatum, who is one of the two breakout stars of the summer. And that apparently is only good enough to get you a C. What? It makes zero sense. It's like it's entirely dependent on this Paul George rumor. That was all. It, all it ever was was a rumor, and there was just the idea that they could sequence it and get two stars. But from the very start of that kind of rumor, it it never really made sense for them to get Gordon Hayward and Paul George. Just with a salary cap. They would have to be pay them. I don't know, man. I think that would be pretty nice. They would be. They would be. They would be. Let's be serious. But you would. You would want both of them. You would clearly want both of them. But then, are you going to pay Isaiah the next year? Then you're like you have. You're coming your entire salary cap. Hayward. Hayward and George was the plan, but that's no fault of the Celtics if they didn't get George. Pacers screwed. I don't know if I can say. uh, I was going to say a different word, but they screwed that up. Hey, they you, fucked it up, Kevin McConnor. <laughs> we can say that here on the Celtics line. Yeah, they, 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 they really did. Um, I, I really just believe that for the Pacers, they were just moving on a different timeline. That they, yeah. they didn't want to wait for Hayward to make his decision. And they, were, they wanted to go into free agency and make their calls and figure out, okay, who do we have, who don't we have? And then there was that talk, like you've mentioned, Sam, that they just wanted uh, Paul George out of the East. So if they wanted to move into July 1st with just their clean slate and figure out how much cap space they have, they weren't going to wait around for Hayward because I guess the theory from Kevin Pritchard's side is, what if we miss out on somebody? Which we know, the three of us in here know. Oh, no, 84 million. Oh, we're going to have to pay him more money than we were paying Paul George. Right, right. And we know realistically that's bullshit, but – in their mind, I can see them saying, "Let's. We want to make sure we have uh, the opportunity to sign somebody if that presents itself." Yeah. So fine, they moved on. They were in a different timeline. That's not Ainge's fault. Ainge has a different timeline, and he said, "Look, if you wait and we get Hayward, we'll we'll come back to you." And I'm sure they would have offered a lot more because they were, would have been motivated to move players. Because they could have had Avery Bradley. They could have had Bradley. In that scenario, they would get Crowder because you can't – at that point, it's redundant. And then they would have absolutely given up first-round picks somewhere. Yeah. One of those one of those first-round picks. Probably multiple first-round picks. And, Not, and, and maybe you give up that Lakers uh, – King, Kings-Lakers pick, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't think you give up the Nets pick unless it's protected. But maybe you do. I mean, maybe, maybe you're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going all in. We're taking right. out everybody. Maybe right. that's what you do. Maybe you do. And you that's are. why Indiana should have waited because they'd have leverage to say, hey, Boston, you really want this guy? You really want to take, take a run? Well, you have to give this And up. that right. Oladipo deal was going to be there okay. July 2nd and July it would have been here t- today. It, it, and the thing is, is like you could say Indiana maybe didn't want to wait because they'd be afraid, like they might lose out on Old Depot. But like, no, you wouldn't, because no, no, Oklahoma City would not give up on that. And maybe had you waited, Oklahoma City would have been giving up more. It, I just, I just don't get the timing. And it's not just Celtics people that are surprised by it. Like every executive I've talked to from like any team, they're all like. The timing was really weird. It was really stunning. Like, everybody expected them to wait because they should have. But because of that timing, the Celtics got a C. <laughs> yeah, right, 
Right. It's Danny Ainge's fault that Kevin Pritchard pulled the trigger way if too I soon. Got a, if I got a grade like that in school for something that was completely out of my control, I probably wouldn't have done anything about it because I was not a very confrontational person. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom would have been real upset, and then she would have been like, Sam, you need to go talk to that teacher. And then I said, okay, mom. And that's how that would have gone down. <laughs> little, that got a little too real. <laughs> Has this happened? Oh, yeah, my mom. Oh, let's not get into that. Okay, yeah. All right, let's transition to the Paul George's new team because he, he did end up with the Thunder. He, there's an interesting article that came out today from Lee Jenkins, also of SI. Uh, so they don't have complete trash uh, on all of their um, articles. <laughs> no, he's, he's actually very, very good. But Paul George basically came out and said today. Andrew Sharp is great, though. No, I, 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 love, I love Andrew I Sharp. Actually, yeah, yeah. I interact with Andrew Sharp, and I enjoy talking he, he, to him. He's a friend. Uh, but I think his grade was uh, garbage. I think we made that perfectly clear. But back to Paul George. That he came out today and said today that he was uh, – he very much changed his tune. It sounded like all the – he tried to downplay the going back to L.A. rumors. And he said he might stay in Oklahoma City. And I believe the quote was, I don't know if we get to the finals and we upset the Warriors. Then, yeah, how could I leave that? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, no shit. You know? But his most absurd expectations for a Thunder team. The Thunder have had a great offseason. They were able to bring back Roberson – uh, they got Paul George. Then they get to do, wasn't there another smaller deal that they did a signing? Or am I completely? Oklahoma City. Yeah, Patrick Patterson. Yeah, they got Pat Pat for a pretty a very cheap yep. deal, even though he was couldn't hit a three to save his life last year. But the, to think that the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to even be a top four team in the West is absurd. No, that's the uh, the, the quote, the exact quote, just just so I have it here. Um, if we get a killer season in Oklahoma. We make the conference finals or upset the Warriors or do something crazy. I'd be dumb to want to leave that. That's Paul George to Lee Jenkins. Right. Which, that those words say a whole lot. Because what he's saying is, if. Like, it's if. <laughs> if we do this. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, if. If, a lot of things, if. If I was, you know, if they want, if you want to hire me, if the NBA wanted to hire me, you know, I'd be crazy to leave. Like, Or if, if somebody wanted to pay me. You know, five hundred thousand dollars. I'd be crazy to leave this podcast. Like, <laughs> like you know, this stupid shit like that. Like, Paul George. By the way, that's not me angling to go to another podcast or anything like that. <laughs> no, I'm if not you get that money. Go, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like he, he I'm gone. Not, I'm, he I'm gone. not out of here for like locked on Lakers or anything like that. Um, unless, unless they're offering that big salary. Unless yeah. they want to offer me, yeah. well, you know, hey, shit, money is money. But for Paul George, it's basically I'm out of here unless. You, this crazy shit happens, which it's not going to happen because look, you're out there against obviously Golden State, San Antonio, Houston. Uh, so the best you could hope for is to be the best of the rest. So their ceiling is the four seed. They might not get that. I mean, the Clippers could get the four seed. They. The, I don't open, know about that. The Clippers if, are doing If they're healthy, like 100% healthy, which they won't be, yeah, but if they right. are, you never know. Maybe they have a healthy year. Who knows? I, our, this is sacrilege to say, but the Spur, what have the Spurs done this offseason to really improve their team? I know they're just going to end up winning 60 games again because they have Kawhi, <laughs> they have Pop, but like they haven't really taken a step. I feel like the Thunder have the potential to be – I mean, Paul George is not Kevin Durant, but he's as close to Kevin Durant into like in terms of like another kind of long wing to pair with Russell Westbrook. And that team went to the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. I don't know. I'm just thinking that they have um, 
their ceiling may be a, like I think they could get past the Spurs. We don't know exactly how the Rockets are going to mesh, but still, it's like upsetting the Warriors doesn't seem realistic. And I don't know. It just it seems like awful, awfully big expectations for Paul George to set on his upcoming free agency. Plus, we know how this things work. Him and Russell Westbrook are going to get asked about their free agency. All Pretty much time. every single day until Russell Westbrook comes out and says, you're not allowed to ask any of these questions. It just, like, stares down reporters. Westbrook hasn't signed that extension yet either. Yeah. He could have. John Wall hasn't either. I mean, I think I just think Paul George, like, the beginning of that quote where he said, you know, I'd be dumb to leave. The beginning of it, like, you know, 200 words before is um, I grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant. I was a Lakers and Clippers fan. There's always going to be that attachment. Who doesn't uh, want to play uh, for the yeah, hometown? Who, who doesn't want to play for their hometown team? But it's been overblown, or whatever he said. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, right. So you, you, you do have an attachment to there, what? but it's overblown. But you need to go to the conference finals or we beat the Warriors. You know who didn't want to play for his hometown team? Kevin Durant. Yeah. Just want to throw that little nugget out there for the, War, the, the Wizards fans out there. But, see, now this sets up an entirely different, interesting conversation because John Wall hasn't signed his, his extension. Westbrook. <laughs> Where's John Wall going to go, though? If, you, if you're... Do you want to leave the Eastern let's, Conference at let, this point? No, maybe not. Maybe not. How about Lakers? How about sign and trade? Like, let's say <laughs> all, all John Wall has to do is pull a Paul George and say, hey, I'm not going to re-sign next summer. And then the Washington Wizards are in the same exact situation the Pacers just But if were. you're John Wall, do you want to go to the conference in which I love you're already playing against the Rockets? Wouldn't you want to play with LeBron James and Paul George? I mean, if LeBron's going to be there. If they're all conspiring to do that, then I mean, shit. I, I, I don't know if they are, but I'm just saying, like, I think that would be pretty cool. Yes, I also would like to play basketball with LeBron yeah, James. I, I, I love to play. <laughs> that would I'll be play. fun. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. I, I want to get your perspective on this, Kevin. Is like, where do you? Um, and we'll we'll get it back to the Celtics. Where do you see the Celtics matching up with the current Cleveland Cavaliers? Because they also have um, they are without a GM and have not done much this offseason. They're still a great team. They still have the big three. They still have Tristan Thompson, who's a very good player. J.R. Smith. They have the like the exact team that got him the finals last year. Boston clearly has gotten better, but it seems like Boston's gotten better for the future. But where do you see that matchup kind of existing this year? I think Hayward helps a ton, probably maybe more than people think. Um, I still think Cleveland, like if like they played a seven-game series tomorrow, um, I would pick Cleveland in six probably. Um, but I think I do think the Celtics have really helped close the gap. And look, like Daryl Morey said on Bill Simmons' podcast that everybody thinks the team has to be done being built in July. Well, no, it's in April, so – Really, like, what the Celtics do between now and then and what the Cavaliers do between now and then will really determine what happens because right now, Cleveland's still the favorite. But in April, when we talk again, maybe by that point, the conversation is like, whoa, LeBron's gone. This team stinks. Like, their depth is gone, right? So, like, everything could change by then. But right now, Cleveland should be the favorite still. And the Celtics have moves. They're not – I don't think they're necessarily going to make – I don't want to, like, predict it, but – they have options in terms of so many. Jay Crowder can be is easily moved, and Marcus Morris mm. both on these incredible deals under this cap that they could really be moved for any and, situation. And then um, Baines, I mean, they could they could package these salaries together. I know Chris Mannix had the report with Marcus Gasol. I don't even know if it was a report more as, as much as just like, like speculation. Could, sure, yeah. yeah. But like Gasol reasonably makes sense. I mean, if you do want to have two bigs who can space the floor and pass and make plays, like is that is that how you beat? the Warriors by having versatile bigs that can space the floor offensively? Maybe not. Maybe they'd get killed on defense, but I, I do think there's something to that 
to that formula. Like the Blazers in the in their late '90s, early 2000s with Rasheed Wallace and Sabonis, like mm-hmm. two two uh, bigs that can space and pass. Sure, maybe you get that with Gasol and Horford. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like it makes a little bit of sense, but maybe not. I mean, size is the if you're talking about the the one thing that hurts the Warriors, it's, it's yeah. size. So having that size would be super important. I mean. Look, we're getting we're getting have, a little bit ahead of ourselves. I mean, we're matching up the with the Warriors, sure. and you have to have, be able to like kind of keep up with their scoring. And so, yeah. if you have someone who can knock down threes from the big position, it's it's possible. We're definitely in kind of Celtics fantasy land right now. But just like I thought, it was you a good should, point. You should be in Celtics fantasy land though. Like they have all these picks coming up. Like the the Celtics themselves are in <laughs> fantasy land. Like talking about getting Gordon Hayward and then Paul George. <laughs> that's fantasy land stuff. Signing, trying to sign Hal Horford, then sign Kevin Durant, like trying to get those guys. That's fantasy land stuff. Yeah, that's, so like you got to think that way. I that's think. two seasons in a row that they've targeted two big free agents, and their whiff was getting one big free agent. Yeah. Like that's impressive. super, super impressive. No team ever. Stars don't change. They never change teams. And now all of a sudden, we're starting. And maybe this is just part of a new era that these guys are starting to kind of move on and and and. This this whole thing about staying at home and taking more money and all this, it's, it just suddenly becomes not as important to these guys. Especially Paul George, he's got his own shoe. He's got money coming in all over the place. He can he can kind of make money wherever. Uh, Kevin Durant can afford to give up cash on the basketball court. He's going to make got, that. Got all those Silicon Valley investments. Yeah, he's he's going to make that money up. Yeah, no problem. LeBron LeBron's going to be a billionaire no matter what. So he can go. Owner. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to be president. <laughs> yeah, like he's going to be the next Jordan uh, at, at, in many ways. So uh, these guys can kind of pick and choose and whatever. So I, I don't know how this is all going to go down. I do know that the Celtics are um, better suited to take on the Cavaliers now. I think the Bane signing, let's forget about making moves. Let's just go match up as they are right now. The Bane signing is, is a big deal because now you've got a guy that can go bang with Chris, Tristan Thompson who – just demolished the Celtics on the boards. He owns Al Horford, and it makes me sad because I love <laughs> Al Horford. <laughs> Al Horford can't rebound at all. No, he's just that's not his game. Re- re- rebounds like a little guard. Yeah, so so now you got Baines that you can throw out there, which that changes the dynamic. And, and if you can just shift the balance a little bit, that changes at least the shot that you have to beat that team in a seven-game series. So and they can't blitz Isaiah Thomas for every single screen with Gordon Hayward out there as a second option. It just opens up the offense so much yeah, more. You could you can have Hayward out there bringing the ball up. And if you want to throw Smart out there at, at the two, you've got three guys who can handle the ball. It's you got a lot of options out there. Uh, I would say that that's uh, obviously every time those two teams match up, you're going to want to buy tickets to that game. And I would say the kid did it again. Seat Geek is the way to go. <laughs> To get your tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I was just playing with it here in Vegas. It's got tickets to everything. All of the shows, whatever. It's like Mariah Carey. We're going to go see Keith Sweat tomorrow night. (laughs) Dude, I cannot tell you how happy I am that Keith Sweat is playing. It's like I'm going to go time warp into a high school dance when Keith Sweat is out there. And you can buy tickets to that on SeatGeek. You have Summer League tickets on SeatGeek. Anything out here. In Las Vegas. If it works out in Las Vegas, it's going to work wherever you are. So uh, you open up the app. You've got everything graded. It's You can see the red, the yellow, the green. It's, it shows you everything by value. And that's the whole thing, right? We, we talk about basketball and getting good value. 
SeatGeek gives you good value for your tickets. And if you uh, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code L-O-N-B-A, L-O-N-B-A, you will get $20 back off your first SeatGeek purchase. Go to the settings tab, enter that promo code. You'll get $20 back off your first SeatGeek purchase. It's a fully guaranteed ticket, so your experience is going to be top-notch. You can give things. You can If it doesn't work out, they've got great customer service. So check out SeatGeek, and there you go. The, uh, it seems like my ad reads are when you – it's a good opportunity. Well, this is where I pause, and I need to yeah, uh, finish my one beer. I have to go to another beer. <laughs> uh, download the SeatGeek app, promo code L-O-N-B-A, $20 back off your first SeatGeek purchase. So – uh, yeah, I, I agree the, with, with Kevin that the, this is a great time to be a, a, a Celtics fan. This, this is like the, this fantasy world. For once, you feel justified, like going into this, you know, extrapolating out all of the things that they can do. And in a few years, if they if it doesn't work out right, right now, they're going to be, especially in the East, they could be like a sixty win team. There's no doubt that they can be up there and. Look, look at what Cleveland did this past year. They're going to have that same type of, I think, relax and not care about winning the top seed. doesn't really matter to them. You know, they still don't care about home court, I'm sure. So I would expect the Celtics to probably be the Eastern Conference champion again, in the regular season anyway. And then if, if that's their, their ceiling in the next three or four years – Okay, fine. You're there. You have an opportunity to cash in if LeBron leaves or if somebody gets hurt on the Warriors. Meantime, you've got Tatum. You've got Jalen Brown. You've got all of these guys that are 23 and under, like we said before. Michael Porter next year. Michael Porter next year. A lot of guys. you got a lot of – in four years, when Hayward's contract is over and if you decide to move on from all of these guys – Marcus Smart, still your oldest guy at 27, just entering his prime. Like, that's insane. I, I, I'm repeating myself at this point because I'm just completely incredulous at the fact that everything is broke so, broken so perfectly that the Celtics have a contending team now, a, or a pseudo-contender, I suppose, but they also have the potential for a... Philly style, build through the draft, get excited for the future, trust the process kind of contender, which is, I don't know. Everyone talks about like the return of Lakers exceptionalism, but where is, I guess the Celtics exceptionalism has been there the entire time, but it it feels like uh, we're, we're in a golden age of, of the Celtics, so I don't know. It, you should feel good if you're a Celtics fan. Put it this way, like... Celtics fans are thinking about Anthony Davis. I think that says everything you need to know. Like the fact is that with all the draft picks coming up and the the at the young players on the team is theoretically two years from now. If Boogie leaves New Orleans and and they're still in the same rut they've been in, unable to make the playoffs in the loaded Western Conference, and and maybe maybe at that point Pelicans are like blow it up, blow it up. That's trade, your favorite trade, phrase. Trade, 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 <laughs> trade, trade Like and and you'd prefer to trade him to the opposing conference. Yeah. Um, and so you look at Philly, Boston as teams looking ahead two years from now that ha- would have enough assets to really cash in. I'd, I'd say, is there even another team that's close between no. Philly and Boston? I don't think so. No, that's going to be the big competition. 
Um, and it's funny being out here. You talk to a few people, and I heard Boogie was out here for a, a workout. And just people, ev- the one thing I keep hearing is the one thing that's been the problem all along and why Danny Ainge was not in on the trade. People just say that he's got a bad attitude, even in his workouts, even going out there and working out, just the way he, he just, it's not, uh, it's just not the type of player you want around your team. As talented as he is, it's just not the type of player you want around your team. So as part of this conversation, it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that's going to help lead the Pelicans out of the West. So if that doesn't happen, then they're, they're screwed. They're screwed. They're going to have to move him or let him walk and, like you said, blow it up. Anthony Davis is going to be out there, Kevin Garnett style, and all of a sudden there'll be two or three teams out there looking to get him. The Pelicans brings up an interesting point that I've been thinking about recently, and it's the fact that they brought back Drew Holiday at the money they did. And I understand the thinking of you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. and it, But at some point you have to say, this player is not worth this amount of money. And it's just, I think the, the uh, Portland Trailblazers, the prime example of like a team that got caught up in that and bringing back Alan Crabb at that money, I think it's something that the, the Wizards really have to think about, but they ended up matching Otto Porter. Yep. At what point do you just give up the player when he's – there's just too much money. I, I understand you don't want to just lose an asset, but you can't be just pl- overpaying guys who are not that good. Drew Holiday's not a top 15 point guard. Because then you miss out on guys next time, like when you don't have that cap space or you don't have that flexibility. And, like, so for Otto Porter, he can't be traded for a year with this deal. Um, the 15% trade kicker. So it's like the Wizards lose so much flexibility moving forward with any potential moves that they would – like to make or would have to make, and, and like I don't know, it's hard because like Porter's a trade asset too. He's like a how, very good how, player. How much of an asset is he at the money he's going to be getting? None. Like, you know, his value like, gets sapped. His value gets maybe sapped. Trade him for, maybe trade him to the Pacers for Paul George. The then, you, then you might be able to. There you go. <laughs> if you're the Wizards, it's like you do definitely don't. Want, you just made a pretty good run in the playoffs. You like took the Celtics to seven games. You don't want to get worse. Their bench was already bad. You can't. They're in a very tough position. But at some point, you got to be like. I don't want to pay this guy. Like the Hawks were brilliant not to match that Tim Hardaway oh, contract. Smart, like oh, this, smart. That's what like an extreme example because sure. the Knicks are the Knicks. But like, it's really tough with this restrict. Like restricted free agency is like very very difficult because you just don't want to lose an asset. But it's people get end up being get paid way too much, and I think it really sinks some franchises because the Pelicans right now are had to pay Drew Holiday. But really, do you want Drew Holiday to be the guy you match with Anthony Davis moving forward for the next four years? To be fair, like they, they, there's like no alternatives, you know. So it's like they, they had to take this risk, like that maybe they have some success this year, become the eight seed, and Boogie resigns, and they maintain like becoming a, a competitive team. Maybe. No, they should have blown it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that's where it's headed. I bet Boogie leaves next next offseason, and I bet I bet then like you're looking at, at New Orleans and you're thinking to yourself, like it's only a matter of time. Yeah, which, which sucks because I love New Orleans. I love the city of New Orleans. They, I'd love for them to have a winner. Me too. But, um, Me too. It's, it's just tough. It's just not going to happen there. Uh, and it's kind of funny because we're, you're at a point where it's almost like the hinky-esque kind of thought process. Either you're a contender or scrap it and and just suck and, and just go for that, that lottery pick. But there is value to being a good team. There is value to being 
if you're the Wizards and if you're Leonsis, yeah, like they they never paid a tax. They have never paid the tax. So they let they they just let Bogdanovich go. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like he was kind of exposed defensively against the Celtics, but during the regular season, he's he's a pretty key piece to that bench. Their bench is still terrible, and it got a little bit worse because that they're they're cheap. So they're not going to build a contender in Washington, but they're going to be close, and their fans are going to go to the games because they feel like they're right there with the Celtics. So they do things like this and 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 pay for Otto Porter. But going back to the conversation before with John Wall, don't you see the writing, pardon the pun, on the wall? Yes. That you are you look at this team like okay. Porter was a restricted free agent. We know the game that gets played with restricted free agents, like we were just saying. You overpay. You, you throw a stupid contract at them because if the, if the team matches, it's the Alan Crabb scenario where, you know, okay, fine, match it. Then we'll, who did Brooklyn just do that with again? Oh, no, it was with it was Porter. Porter yeah. It was with Porter. So you, you, you throw this stupid thing in there, and, and you, if you're not going to get the player, then you screw that team. Fine. But Wall is sitting there like, okay, yeah, we can run it back. And I'm sure they feel good about running it back a little bit. But you just saw Boston get Gordon Hayward, and that has to push them a little bit forward. They didn't get any worse. They got better. They, I know they lost Bradley. And, uh, you know, you want to pull the, the whole cowherd thing where they lost Bradley and they lost the Linux And they, you know, are they oh, going to be any better? Whatever. Screw him. Uh, Olenek is no loss. <laughs> hey, hey. We did not shame Kelly Olenek on this podcast. We are defenders I'm, of Kelly Olenek. I'm Olenek's. a big Kelly fan. Oh, but, 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 sound he's, like but, he's, but he's not a loss. Yeah, that's probably Not right. when you get Mor- Gabuselli and Baines and all these I mean, Morris kind of comes in and basically yeah, Morris, plays his yeah. minutes. Yeah. So, but if you're but John so Wall. so much less awkwardly. Yeah, yes. right, right. <laughs> he does it with so much more confidence. And, and, it's, not, it's unbecoming and, and how much confidence a, Marcus he, he, Morris has. He needs to grow his hair out like Kelly, too. Yeah. 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 We're, well, Baines is going to have to you know, pick up the, the hair yeah. slack. We do have a goofy white guy, so the quota is filled. That's it. That's it, with a man bun. Um, <laughs> but where's Wall? Like, if, you're, if you're John Wall and you're wondering what's next, you can't do anything. Who do you sign? Who, how do you get better? Is Otto Port- and Otto Porter didn't have a great first couple of years. He had a great contract year. I mean, is anybody else in, on Washington's side afraid of maybe there was a little bit of contract year auto going on? I don't know. He didn't have the but greatest series against the Celtics either. I'll, I'll tell you this with John Wall, though. Here's like the last uh, 18 months or so. January 2016, he hires Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, most powerful agency in the world in terms of bas- in the basketball world. A month later... He's, he's talking to Michael Lee of Yahoo Sports saying how I, I ain't got no billboards in Washington. You can't build a legacy hiding behind closed doors. And then fast forward to this June or July, talking about how the Wizards need to make a push and go for Paul George. Otto Porter's great, but we need another superstar, he says, and to go for George. Then the Wizards offer him the Supermax extension. And he says, like, you know what? I'll wait. I'll see how the team is being built. So this is a guy who's one year removed from double knee surgery, who's saying no to a $168 million extension. Months after he's complaining about no billboards, you know, not able to build a legacy. Doesn't he seem like the type of guy who might be a flight risk? Like, just yeah, logically. Absolutely. You don't totally. need sources. You don't, you don't need any of that. <laughs> just, look, just look at the writing on the wall, like yeah. you said, John. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's another contender, you know, again, lesser contender, that 
is currently at risk in the East to uh, uh, for just. What if, I mean, what if there is something? What if LeBron and Wall both leave and go west? What if they? What happens to the East? I I feel like there's get rid of conferences like I, will that will that be what it takes like lebron going to the western conference and then I think wall, they would have to wall being traded for like lonzo ball or something right <laughs> like the, and we we had this discussion yesterday where uh there is value to that but, but like do you want what happens if you have a first round series celtics against the clippers in the first round your 116 match yeah. you know that that's where the eliminating conferences gets really really tricky so then you can have one team in the first round crisscrossing, and now you've got guys who are – everybody's hurt at that point, going into a pressurized cabin in a plane, even a private plane. It screws with your joints, and it makes injuries worse. So that's not preferable. I mean, you think about, like, Isaiah Thomas with his hip that was told not to fly because of that reason. So those little things, they matter. Meanwhile, if, if – I'm just throwing teams like close to pro- close proximity. What if like Minnesota or Detroit or Detroit and Toronto play in the first round while the Celtics are crisscrossing the country? And then what happens if the, the NBA Finals is Miami and Orlando? Like it's it, it it's weird and it doesn't you know, it, it it doesn't make sense in in those scenari- in those scenarios. Except now you're looking at what. Eight of the you know the top eight teams in all of the uh, NBA all being out west with like the Celtics in the middle of it. It's hard. It's like that's a hard discussion to have. Well, I'm like, trying to think. I think you're talking about that. So say you're John Wall and you want to leave Washington, but you don't want to go west for this reason because the West is stacked. What other team out there are you going to step? Like who would you go to? There's the, the Raptors have Kyle Lowry. The Bucks have Giannis, I, like pretty much as the point guard. Maybe you could like go to the Bucks, but there's the East is so crappy right now that there's, there's no like logical other team you could pair a superstar with. Like who who like so it's it's like who needs a point guard? Who has so who like, has a star? Let's, so let's, we're talking 2018, a trade, not free agency 2019. Yeah, are we talking trade? We can do, we, we, anything. Okay, so yeah. free agency 2019. Who knows? But like next year, it's like who has a high, a high value asset? Like who's going to be bad? With cap space and assets, I don't know. I mean, there's not, not a lot of teams in the East. Maybe, nope. maybe the Hawks have Schroeder. Would they trade Schroeder? Sure. Like the number one pick. For but John if I'm Wall? John Wall, like, yeah, you would. Some, yeah, do I like want to? Unless yeah, Torian Prince becomes like yeah. the best player and <laughs> like the best yeah, small forward. Exactly. Because because Atlanta can't wouldn't feel confident they could resign him unless they were getting somebody else or I don't know I don't know who else there is. There's literally, hard. there's no the, like the teams know. in the East. There's four teams, five teams in the East right now who are decent. But this goes this goes back Miami, to my Miami? whole. I don't know. They have enough I would say so. I, I'm, I'm thinking Miami. Yeah, Miami. I don't know. But this goes back to my my argument about Gordon Hayward and why part of why I think he made the switch east. Obviously, besides the Brad Stevens and the Celtics are a good team connection. As I've said before on the show, you watched all of these great players come into your conference and take your All Star spot. Now you go east. Jimmy Butler and Paul George. They're out of the. They're out of the way. Gordon Hayward, you can easily say he'll probably be a starting forward in the East All-Star game. He's definitely making the team. Yeah. He's who knows easily about, making who knows the team. He has the votes or the personality to get the votes. <laughs> but he'll maybe be in the Boston. video gamers out there will vote for him because he's a big gamer. Big gamer. Big gamer. <laughs> but, you know, still, he's, he's going to be a perennial All-Star in the East. John Wall, 
Now, does John Wall have the motivation to get out of the Isaiah Thomas, Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, Kyrie, Kyrie? Like may, maybe he does have motivation. Maybe him going west makes sense in that position. But still, finding finding your way towards all star appearances and all all NBA type seasons against a weak conference, like all of that stuff matters to players. If you're talking about building a legacy, again, using the, the Hayward example, if Hayward plays four years and things go great and he re-signs and he plays seven, eight years in Boston or whatever it is, and he makes seven or eight straight all-star games, he's having a Hall of Fame career. That's a Hall of Fame career. And is he having, is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, people might be listening now like, what are you, nuts? But you're, if you're talking about a guy who spends seven years averaging 25, 26, 27 points a game, going to the All-Star game every year, that is a Hall of Famer. That might not – the same exact guy with the same exact ability out in the West doesn't have that opportunity. Does, John, does that fit John Wall? Do these guys who are on other teams, they're looking for success, like personal success. Is, does, does he go somewhere else? Does he stay in the East? Like what's his motivation? Like those are all things that matter. And I don't know. I don't know. I would say if all of that stuff matters to him, might as well just stay at Washington. Just just stay there. Like, what are you going to do? No billboards on them. No billboards. Put up a goddamn billboard. <laughs> Come on, Washington. The products of the Beltway need to get up a billboard. Um, all right. Let's 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 circle back. Uh, all right. Well, can we talk about the, what was the most interesting thing uh, today at Summer League? Which was me being able to watch Brad Stevens watch the Celtics game, <laughs> and while um, the reigning Jays listeners know that I have an obsession with Brad Stevens, and I've been my main goal uh, of Summer League is to meet Brad Stevens. I don't think it's going to happen. I know it, I've given zero indications that anyone's going to introduce me. Um, I could be in the line of people. You could have gotten into that line easily. I could have gone at, at every single break in play today. There was a line of probably twelve people just lining up to take pictures with Brad Stevens. I could have been in that line, but I want to play it cool. Maybe maybe let Brad come to me. Who knows? Oh yeah yeah yeah. But watching him watch the summer league game, it was it was fascinating. He was uh, a fantastic spectator. I wonder if there's anybody in this room that might be able to, uh, you know. <laughs> Put a little word out, a little bug in his ear. I think he'll go for you, Sam. I think, oh. I think he's going to go for you. <laughs> if anyone, it's got to be Jay King. Jay King talks to the man every day. Yeah, Jay yeah. King's too busy writing 20 articles for MassLive.com. I know, but I'll have a talk with Jay King. Jay King, I'll let you guys in on a little inside baseball. I'm sharing a room with Jay King right now. He slept 15 hours last night. Wow. No, no alcohol involved. He's just a heavy, heavy sleeper. I came into the room late night. I was very, very quiet. Didn't want to just disrupt him. I stubbed my toe. I yelled out some many expletives. Yelled them. Did not. Did not. <laughs> Jay King did not notice whatsoever. That's hilarious. But watching Brad Stevens today, he is. It's just. It was very like interesting watching him. Just like some somewhat detached from the team. It's not like he was like coaching or anything. But like how excited he gets from just good ball movement was just like the most yes. Brad Stevens. Like. like he would, did not show much emotion, but anytime the Celtics could get like four good passes in a row, then you'd see him clapping, then you'd see him smile. The best moment was like right before the game started, some people behind us said, Brad Stevens for president! Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And you he, could see him smirk a little bit. He, he smirked, he did. He was holding it back. You can tell he was holding it back. His daughter <laughs> loved it, though. His, his, his daughter must be like, well, like seven or eight years yeah. old. She was like, hey, yay! Daddy for president! It was a really cute moment. He's just like, oh. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, but I can't really show any emotion here. 
If somebody said John Corrales for president at the in the lull just before a tip of a basketball game, I would have just stood up and be like, "Hell yes, John Corrales for president." <laughs> Brad Stevens is so reserved. Like he sits there. Jabari Bird had a wicked putback dunk, and you look over at, at Brad Stevens, he's unfazed. Just, like just nothing two happened. Just yeah, two points. Just two points. Just two points. But like Sam said. They had some great ball movement before that, and he's like, yes, <laughs> yes, this is great. It's hilarious. It's, it's all about the process, not the results. It's all about <laughs> the process. It's all about growth mindset. It's all sure. about having grit. Angela Duckworth, shout out to her. <laughs> it's the truth, man. You've got to trust the process. It's, it's, it's a life thing. <laughs> it's true. Joel, it is true. Joel Embiid's right when he says the process never ends. Once you, once you reach one goal, there's another one. There's another one. trust the process. Absolutely. Um, all right, I think I think I we're think good. A good place to end. Me stalking Brad Stevens. That's like it. That's it. Place to end the podcast. Brad Stevens. I know some Celtics folks listen to the show. Come on, hook our boy up. Hey, Christian Megliola. I know you were there today. You were trying to duck me. Just, just give me the introduction. <laughs> just give me the intro. On. Just wants all. All Sam wants is an exclusive interview with Brad Stevens that has nothing to do with basketball. That just involves his favorite things in life. It's just like a real deep dive into the person who is Brad Stevens. I want to know his favorite bands. I want to know what kind of art he likes. I want to know what he does when he's not doing basketball. Does he meditate? Who knows? Many questions for Brad Absolutely. Stevens. Driving down the highway, wide open road, nobody's around, the jam comes on. What's the jam? <laughs> what makes him What's start he singing? singing in the car? What is it? Uh, uh, who, who was it? Jonathan Charks who said John Cougar Mellencamp today. I was we, we yeah. talking to people because yeah. he's from Indiana. It makes sense. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if he rocks that hard. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's, it's a mystery. He's no a one young knows guy. He's like, is he forty? He just turned forty. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, he's got that like the, that nineties central. But he Ameri- wasn't. In, I mean, he cent- wasn't into like like. Um, why can't I think of the genre out of Seattle? Uh, Rage grunge? grunge, grunge. He was yeah. definitely not a grunger. He's definitely not into hip hop. What kind of? Con- what was his first concert? Who knows? I don't know. These are the questions Jam needs to know. That's you, it. We they, need these they, answers. Do you think Brad just listens to like talk radio and, and like? No, local, he's local too talk way. Radio. Talk radio is for the birds. J- J- Brad Stevens <laughs> would not lower no, 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 himself. Like, like, news, like NPR like new, news. Yeah, like, like NPR. NPR. He puts on news, NPR. Radio, yeah. Soaks yeah. in Ira Glass. Yeah. Him and Ira Glass would be great friends. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe he just drives in comfortable maybe. silence. Yes, I, sometimes I like driving in comfortable silence. Just the sound of the road. Maybe no, Brad. I listened to probably twelve podcasts a day. Maybe. I can't. I can't deal with silence. Maybe Brad Stevens is a secret listener. Ooh, could be. I do know some people in the Celtics organization are are big fans of the Rating Jays. I will say that I'm happy that Brad Stevens confirmed my Ante Zizic being gassed because he had a long season in Europe and then he came over to the United he, States. He did today. He did say okay. that. Yeah, which it makes total sense. He looks, he looks awful. People people <laughs> like to give me shit because you know I, they they think I'm coming up with excuses, but that's legit. It's legit. And we're sitting there. Three rows behind the bench. And you know, when a guy comes out of the game, he looks tired and whatever, they might be breathing a little hard. It, it looked, Zizic looked like he was desperate for oxygen. He looked like a ghost. He <laughs> looked, I mean, he's on, he's running on complete fumes. Now, he's played a little bit better in every, in every game, but he still doesn't look great. And he still has like an a eight inch vertical leap. It's, that's generous. That is really, yeah, he, he's, he has a lot of work to do, but. I think that if he gets like the rest of the summer to start working out and and maybe get himself back into game shape, rest a little bit, 
and then start getting himself back into game shape, we might see a different guy in in preseason. Or, or we hope. But I just want to give Brad the shout-out for confirming the thing, the things that I was I was saying on the podcast. Zizic has played 65 games this season before Summer League. 65 games, 22 minutes per game. And that's compared to all these college kids who are coming at like yeah, 40 so, games yeah. at most, most like closer to 30. Yeah, yeah. Adriatic League, Turkish League, Croatia Champions League, Euro League. Like he's played a ton of basketball um, over the past six months or so. I love how you have that information readily available uh, he's, he's, on he's your phone. He's very good on the phone. He was quick, dialed that up very quickly. That's this, why he's national reporter this Kevin is O'Connor why he's of now the Ringer. The Ringers, Kevin O'Connor. You can hear him every Tuesday with uh, Chris Bruno on Chris, the Ringer yes. NBA podcast. Chris, Chris recorded, met in person for the first time yesterday and recorded today. Is it a I love the this internet. Is the, this yeah. is the first time that we've had, yeah. the second time we've had the in-person yeah. podcast. It's a wonderful it's thing. It's nice. NBA in, Summer League, bringing people together. Yeah. That's it. I, the in-person podcast is so much better. You get to actually see reactions and know who's going to talk instead of like, like when you get two people, you can kind of get into that little cadence where you, 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 you develop that chemistry. But, like, you can actually look at somebody and be like, oh, yeah, I know Kevin wants to say something. And yeah. it works. Like, hey, all right. <laughs> Instead of, like, that science, like, I guess I'll talk now. Yeah. But I, what I love about the Internet is that all of these great people from all over the world, we're all doing shows together and collaborating and all that stuff. We've never met each other. Like, we'd never see each other. And it's like people that you've worked with for years are like, oh, hey, nice to see you. Like I recognize you from your Twitter picture. Yeah. Like that's basically it. I've been I've been like very much people have any credentials here and I'm just like so trying to lock in and be like and you just see people and you're like, that's what you look like in real person? It's like, oh my, I follow you on Twitter. You have a lot of great things to say. There's yeah. some people who do look a little bit different. Oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like I always expected Sam to be thinner. <laughs> apparently oh, <they're> not. <laughs> Sam apparently Sam, got a thin guy's you, voice. You were stacked. Yeah, uh, check uh, out the absolutely. picture that we tweeted out. I'm yeah. swole as fuck. You're swole, man. You got yeah. you get pump, you're, you're pump like, on. You're like Shemi Ojale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a, a joke. Is someone tweeted us after we put out a picture of the three of the three me, you, and, and Jay, and someone randomly said, "I thought J- Sam would be thinner. Like Sam's super thin. Like what does that even mean? What did you expect him to be? Like Tayshawn Prince? It was a bad visual. Tayshawn Prince." He had a long conversation with Brad Stevens today talking about Brad Stevens talking. They talked for about 40 minutes today before the game. What did they even have to talk about? He was in Boston for like half an hour. <laughs> Basketball, man. Life. Life. Raising children. <laughs> the important things. All right. We'll wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank Kevin O'Connor for coming in. Uh, randomly, just last second, we were like, hey, come on to the show. You're like, all right, sure. It's the beauty cool. of Vegas. Thank it's, you for having me on. Yeah, it's man. It's fun. While we're chugging beers, he's responsibly drinking water. It's just, I mean, <laughs> um, this guy. I am so lame. <laughs> no, no. You are an inspiration. You are you are the example that should be set. No. Uh, but you do great work, and I, I, I was talking to you privately earlier, but I want to say it for uh, on the show. I'm proud of the, the work. I know how hard you've worked, uh, and, and for it to be paying off for you at The Ringer, working with Bill Simmons and doing all these shows and doing all this stuff. It's amazing stuff. So happy that you have reached those levels. And uh, it's just the people get it right every once in a while with their hires. And uh, Kevin is, is definitely I'm one just of glad you make time for the little guys like us. That's right. <laughs> you guys are my friends. Th- thank you, though, John. That means no. a lot. Thank um, you. So thanks to Kevin for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. And, you know, this is – you know what? This is like a one-hour – yeah, we're basically been going an hour. Damn. This is like, 
This is like a one-hour slice of our basketball conversation because we've been talking basketball all the way over here. Or as I'm editing, we're going to continue probably talking basketball. It's just we can be go, going on and on and on. We should just be like wearing mics forever and just yes. recording forever. That's a good idea. Here we go. You should edit that out. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's actually no a good one idea. steal that idea. Yeah. Don't one take That's that. A, that's a pretty good idea. Um, you mentioned it. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Twenty-four hours, just just constantly talking <laughs> basketball. Um, I want to thank everybody. If you're a subscriber, thank you. Rate us five stars wherever you get your podcast. Let people know. Give us a uh, five star review. Leave us uh, a little review. Let people know why you love the show. You know, uh, it really helps us out. We never ask for money, but this helps us out because it gets the listenership up. And the more people that listen, the more you know advertisers pay. Advertisers pay us. That's how it works. That's how we get our money. So, pump us up a little bit and help us out. If you're not a subscriber, search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. We're actually now on Spotify. That's new. I just saw that the other day. It was very cool. Yeah, we are one of very few sports podcasts on Spotify. So find us there if if that's your preferred method of listening to music. Mix us into your music. You know, while you're working out, maybe you, uh, maybe we get you through a workout or something like that. Listen and to the podcast. You can follow me on Spotify. I got some jam playlists that. If you there want you to go. <laughs> so that's a big deal. That's a big deal that we're on Spotify. I'm very excited about that. Uh, thank you. Please, please be sure to visit our sponsors today. That is SeatGeek. Wherever you want to get your tickets to any kind of show, I know basketball is wrapping up, but any kind of show, any kind of sporting event. SeatGeek and use the promo code LONBA. You're going to get 20 bucks back off your first SeatGeek purchase. And Boston Paintball, it's a locally owned business owned by Celtics fans, operated in the Boston area. So be sure to support your local businesses, support a local Celtics fan, and help them out. It's you know just a nice thing to do, and you're going to have a lot of fun at Boston Paintball. Go to bostonpaintball.com and use the coupon code GREEN for $50 off a group package. That's the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Savings on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.